Welcome to Unsung Heroes with Johnny, Daniel, James, and Sam. Our goal is to leave no hero unsung. Welcome to the Unsung Heroes podcast. I'm Johnny, and I'm joined here with a few of my friends. We have James. How's it going, guys? We have Daniel. Greetings! And we have Samuel. Hello there. All right, and today we have a great episode. Uh, Samuel will be presenting for us, and he'll be telling us about a guy named Antonio Meucci, and I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'll go ahead and turn it over to Samuel to tell us about him. Well, I should preface by saying neither do I, but... <laughs> oh, come on, man. You're supposed to be the expert. Oh, uh, hey, everyone, everyone take a gander. I think it's Antonio Meucci. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just let Daniel say it every time. Yeah, so anytime I say it, maybe I'll like snap my fingers. Yeah. Oh, no, just just give me the pause. I'll, I'll get yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Here, let's try it. Okay, I am talking Antonio about... Antonio Meucci. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Never I mind. Perfect. I am Samuel. perfect. You just do your own thing. We'll, yeah. we'll fix it in post. It'll be oh, fun. Yeah, we'll work on that. <laughs> just put in Mario's voice, like, over there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, um, to give you a little bit of an introduction, I have a little teaser trivia question for you. And here it is. Are you ready for this? Yes. Yes? <laughs> okay. Who invented the telephone? Uh, Antonio uh, made it. <laughs> uh, so, I believe it was Robert Telephone. <laughs> <laughs> when he tried to speak to someone twice. <laughs> yeah. Who is um, Robert Telephone? It's not, well, so it, the, I guess the, the answer would be Graham Bell or Graham Bell. How are you so, saying his name? Yeah, you would think it's Alexander Graham Bell, oh! but you would be wrong. <gasps> yes. Scandal. I did it's, not see that coming. Oh, I know. In fact... It was Antonio Meucci. There we go. Hey, it oh, that's nice. it. it wow. that's you guys it. are already in sync. That wow. was perfect. Good job, man. So, in fact, Grazie. even though we always give the credit to Alexander Graham Bell, as we're going to see in the next 40 minutes or so, that credit actually goes to Antonio Meucci. Sorry, I stole your thunder there no, you're good. Um, yeah I, I think we should just let samuel say yeah, it. No, i don't know yes. i really think we should commit to this yeah i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna take lead on that now at this point put the foot um, down yes i'll put my foot down but antonio meucci is an italian american inventor and engineer um and he's really the unknown unsung hero who went about inventing the telephone uh very much an unsung hero because i've never heard of him so Dang, yeah, no, wow. I've never heard of him either because the analogy I was thinking of is uh, who is it that hold on, it's not it's not Thomas Edison, is it the Tesla. whole Yes. Oh the Tesla. I think so. It is, thing. right? Like where yeah. Yeah, hold on, you guys uh I don't know what, what you're thinking of, but <laughs> isn't it like the, the like the light bulb that he wasn't actually yeah. him, someone else had what Oh uh, well I mean Edison did not <laughs> invent the light bulb, he invented a sustainable light bulb that was actually like efficient. That was the difference, I think. Yeah, I, think I mean, that, yeah. usually with history, like, for some reason, like, prototypes of the same device always seem to pop up around the same time. Yeah. So right. in Zeitgeist. some ways, like, some people could argue that this is what's happening. Um, 
as we're going to see later, there is a lot of controversy um, regarding whether whether or not Bell was the first person to invent the telephone. Um, but uh, a lot of people have kind of settled if they've uh, dived into the topic. They've they've decided Meiji was actually the first one to invent the telephone. You wow. know, it's it's important to remember. I think for a lot of inventions. Um, they're never done in a vacuum, if that makes yeah. any sense. Like yeah. people have to build upon so much previous knowledge. Right. They're never actually inventing something as if it just came out of thin air. I mean, right. think about all the knowledge that we have and the skills that we learn today in our modern world. We only learn those in context of other previously done things. You know? Right. So right. it's it's like the things leading up to the invention of the telephone or the light bulb or whatever. Uh, might have led the same like different people to make the same thing at the same exactly. time or whatever. Right. Yeah. The issue though is when one person looks at what another person is doing and says, "I made this." Ah. Which, yeah. you made this. I made this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, which, as we'll see, uh, will will actually come up and uh, become a little bit of an issue. But I'm I'm kind of getting ahead of myself at this point. Oh my! No, so. yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. Well, I gotta say the telephone. Uh, was a great invention. Uh, That's true. I mean, think about how... I, I literally just called James earlier today, so... I mean, technically, we're calling right now, <laughs> right. right? I mean... That's true. That's a great example of how one used the telephone. <laughs> I called James. <laughs> wow. Wow. I thought, I thought you were reaching so, something really profound about it. <laughs> I mean, just today, no. I called James. So. You know, one, one thing that's actually interesting, though, is... The idea of a telephone, we hardly ever hear that nowadays. It's almost like the word telephone itself is becoming outdated. We use phones all the time. You're so right, yeah. But the idea of like actually using a telephone, I don't remember the last time I used like the full word telephone or like that idea of like the phone on the wall or I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, you mean with regard to like it being a landline going through poles, you know? Right, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's all cell phones now, so. Yeah. Which, I mean, <clears throat> that's just weird to us. Like, there will come a point when people will c- go to this podcast episode and think, a telephone? That, like, what does yeah, that even what, mean? What is a telephone? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like saying hang up the phone. Like, isn't it the whole idea that you would literally hang it up on the wall? So right, with yeah. a cell phone, it doesn't really translate anymore, but we say it anyway. Yeah, I, you're, you're talking about that Reddit post, right? Yeah. yeah. Daniel? Uh, (laughs) No, this is my original (laughs) shower thought right there. Oh, Oh. Daniel's pulling a Graham Bell, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Great great play. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I'm I'm looking forward to talking about Meiuchi and all that is involved with his life. So basically to kind of kick this off, uh, so Antonio Meiuchi... Uh, he was born in 1808 in Florence, Italy. Um, although at this point, I should I should mention that uh, Italy did not exist at this point. There was no country of Italy. Uh, in Florence was kind of connected with this place called uh, the Grand Duchy of Tuscany. Uh, so a little bit of a history lesson. Italy before, uh, I don't remember the date specifically, but before the mid-1800s, uh, Italy was divided by factions and basically different states. Um, and it had been this way for a long time. Um, mm. So he was born in the Grand Duchy of Tuscany. Uh, and at, at the age of 15, 
uh, Meucci uh, decided to enter the Florence uh, Academy of Fine Arts, uh, which, I mean, obviously is in Florence. But uh, just looking at that name, I want you guys just to guess what on earth could he study? Well, in Italy, uh, they are known for great painters. So <laughs> painting, maybe? <laughs> The history of the Medici family, maybe? Yeah, well, I would think so <laughs> in Florence. Um, but seriously, like the, the Florence Academy of Fine Arts to study, he basically went in to study engineering, mechanics, and chemistry in the Academy of Fine oh. Arts. Uh, don't ask me how that ended up happening, but it did. So oh, Wow. So was that actually what was called fine arts, or was that like actually something that they also offered... You know, I think it's probably the second one um, mm -hmm. that it was, they just offered all of these different degrees and it wasn't necessarily called fine arts, uh, but that's probably, that's my guess. I'm I'm not exactly sure about that. Um, but he, he goes into engineering, mechanics, chemistry. He does a little bit of drawing as well. Um, and he's one of these guys, as we're going to see in the, in the next several minutes, he's really one of these guys who is pretty much good at almost every single thing that he does. Uh, he, mm. he, in fact, like he, he puts his hand in different fields and he always seems to, to make it work out for him. Um, so he, like for the next several years while he's studying, he begins to experiment with inventions. Um, for example, at the age of 18, he invented uh, a type of propellant that would improve fireworks. Um, which a funny story with that, he actually had a, a run in with the police um, because he was experimenting and uh, sparks started going and burning people's dresses and catching fire to people's hair. Um, <laughs> Yikes. Was he like a party guy? Like, you know, he... yeah, from what it sounds like, you would think so. Wow. He 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 worked hard, but he partied harder. <laughs> exactly. Um, but as well. Um, he uh, he got involved as a stage technician uh, while he was working in school. Uh, so he was working with the opera, uh, kind of helping backstage in different uh, different areas. Uh, and uh, when he was a little bit older in 1834, he developed an acoustic telephone system. Uh, so made out of pipes, kind of like you would see on ships or something like that. Uh, so that communication could happen between the stage and the control room. Uh, so, I mean, he was just very handy, very, uh, very, very much able to, uh, I don't know, pick up different objects and find a use for them in a sense. Well, I feel like that's a fairly like common theme among all our unsung heroes is at very early ages, they were all like already remarkable in some things they did. Hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I've definitely seen that as well. It's like, I just wonder what kind of creates that environment where people can flourish in this, uh, in all of these different fields. You know what I mean? So, uh, Meucci, uh, while he's working in the theaters, uh, and in the opera backstage, he actually, uh, he meets his, his future wife, Estere, which is the Italian, uh, word for the name Esther. And uh, she's actually a costume designer backstage. Uh, so they meet and they get married. It sounds a lot like how me and my wife met. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, I hear this story? <laughs> well, we met 
it, it doing theater as well. And she worked backstage and I was an actor. So it's, you know, I guess you could call me a renaissance man. So <laughs> <you know. laughs> Therefore, I'm a renaissance Therefore. man. <laughs> we share one similarity. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, that is another, that's going to be another part of his life that will be important later on uh, as well. Um, and then the last thing, the last big thing that he was really involved when, with when he was in Italy uh, was he started to get involved in Italian politics. Uh, and he, he became a supporter of this idea of reunification. Um, like I said before, everybody was really divided. Um, there wasn't a unified Italy at this point. Um, so he started supporting it. Um, and the people in power, obviously, if you hear somebody saying, hey, let's unify, and you have control of your little region, you're not going to like people saying, okay, let's team up. Yeah, so so when you say reunification, what you mean is like all those factions you were talking about, they are wanting to make it to one nation. Right, exactly. Yeah, so at this point, um, think of, so this might be an oversimplification, um, but think of all of these Italian states, kind of like the EU nowadays, where they're independent of each other, but they kind of work together. Kind of, I mean, kind of like how you know Athens and Sparta were "quote unquote" Greek, but they were their own city states. Yes, that's that's actually a better analogy. Um, so, but a lot of people, uh, <laughs> unlike the uh, the Spartans and Athenians, uh, all of the a lot of people in Italy at this point wanted to unite, mm. and so Meucci was a, a part of this group. Uh, the Italian or the the Florentine leaders were not uh, appreciative of that, and so he um, he was followed by the uh, by the people in power, the police, and things like that. And at one point, um, in I believe 1834, he spent three months in prison. Wow! So they they arrested him for like what for supporting this cause? Yes, they so they they arrested him basically just for supporting this cause. This this wasn't firework related. <laughs> no, but actually, funny story. He did um, he did spend about a week in prison um, for this was like early on in his life. He he failed. Um, he spent like a week in prison because he failed to alert somebody of a of a missing plank where a plank usually is. And so the person walked into the, like walked into this little pit um, that had been used as like an outhouse. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so he, uh, (laughs) he spent a week in prison. So, wow. I love that. I love that he got in prison. He just forgot to tell him. That's so funny. I feel like this guy has like a slightly mischievous spirit about him. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) he's like, yeah, man, no, I just use that outhouse. Go ahead and use it. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> but anyway, so he he spent a few months in prison, um, and after he gets out of prison, he's decided he's had enough of Florence. It's it's not working out for him in any sort. So, <laughs> in 1835, uh, Meucci and his wife they decide uh, that they're going to move. Of all places, they decide to move to Havana, Cuba. Uh, to work in the thriving Italian opera business. Oh, wow. Interesting. Una, na. When I was doing the research, I was like, 
that is the most dated thing I've ever read. <laughs> uh, everyone knows today to go no further for opera than Havana. <laughs> Rome? No, I prefer my operas in Havana. I don't know why it's just British men who <laughs> enjoy opera. Havana. Havana. <laughs> um, but they decide to to move to Havana and... Uh, that actually works out really well for them. Uh, this seems to be a time of relative stability in the Meucci family. Uh, when they go to Cuba, uh, he's able to find a pretty good job in the opera business. Uh, and so Meucci, with all of his uh, free time and the wealth that he's starting to gain, he starts to explore different fields of study. Um, and at this point, I, I kind of want to see what you guys think he would start exploring. Well, so wait, so what has he studied so far? Uh, cat breeding. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> so he studied at this point uh, fireworks and okay. he studied stage technician and he's done different inventions in um, like acoustics. He's done stuff in engineering, chemistry, uh, okay. mechanics. So you're asking what else he would study at this point now? Yeah, basically, what what else do you think he could get into at this point? Uh, well, he never really tapped into those fine arts, I guess, besides being like a stage <laughs> He will become the next great sculptor. Yeah. yeah. The sculptor? Yeah, I was going to say, the sculptor the, or the, 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 the sculpture itself. He's I mean. still there today in Cuba. <laughs> did he get into agriculture? Uh, that's actually a good guess. Um, he did at one point, uh, while he was in Cuba, uh, he created a water purification system. For the people in Havana. Interesting. Oh. Uh, so I, I guess guy. that works with agriculture. Um, but agriculture was not his his main uh, area of work. It actually ended up being medicine. But he, um, this wasn't normal medicine. Basically, what he would do is he started trying to make different inventions to help people in this area of medicine and uh, kind of physician work. Um uh, the biggest one that he did was he started experimenting with electricity uh, in a in a, an attempt to help people's migraines. Oh no! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, I mean, I know there there's some forms of technology where they'll like you know shock you for things, but that sounds a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it it gets worse once you like read about how he was doing this. Um. He would use he would use that shock therapy that you were mentioning, James, and he would use a bit of wire and he'd put it over people's mouths. Uh, which, okay. Yeah. That's I don't like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next step, Sam? Well, actually, maybe don't. Just, yeah, I'll just leave yeah. that to your imagination at that point. No, don't. No, no, not my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Place. Yeah, I feel like it's even worse. <laughs> it could be anything from like, and then he like gave him a little shock to like, oh, he zapped their hair off. You know, like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. he was using a little bit of shock therapy, so it was electricity was involved in some sort. But this is actually going to be really important for his development of the telephone. Oh. <laughs> so if I zap a person oh. like this, what if I zap <laughs> something else? <laughs> what if I could connect this person's mouth to that person's ear? <laughs> but metaphorically so, <laughs> with a wire. This is such a weird, such a weird thing. <laughs> oh, this man. has gotten way out of hand. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, anyway, 
Um, so this is how it relates basically to the, the telephone. Um, one day as he's working with a patient uh, with this kind of wire therapy, I don't know what it is exactly, um, but he he's working with wires and electricity and he hears the voice of a patient through a copper wire. What? Whoa. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was even intending for this to happen, but he just suddenly, like, somehow the electromagnetic waves or whatever is going on in there causes him to hear just a little faint noise of of the patient, um, just oh, the voice cool. of the patient. Yeah. Oh, that, that is so cool. Was this the patient that, did the patient have wire, the wire contraption over his mouth? Is that how he was able to hear the patient or? Yeah, I'm, yes, I believe so. Wow. Um, so he he is working with these uh, shock therapies and probably working with migraines because that was the main thing that he tried oh, to do with that. Right. So he's probably just shock, giving people little shocks of electricity, but then somehow he has some kind of, you know, auditory response from someone's mouth. That's so interesting. Right. Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, at that point, he hears that. And, I mean, I feel like I would do the same thing. I He was just floored. He's just, like, completely amazed by what uh, what just happened. Um, and as, it, as you would expect, this becomes his new obsession that he kind of uh, tries to recreate, tries to figure out. But it will be a little bit before we get to... Um, him actually fully developing uh, the telephone uh, because we have a little bit more uh, political uh, intrigue going on at this point too. Mm. Uh, so in 1850, he goes, uh, he moves to New York City, uh, moves out of Cuba, uh, and he's moving to New York City basically once again. Uh, he's escaping the, the Spanish government because uh, Spain owned Cuba at the time. Uh, and the Spanish government was not really happy about uh, his um, his voice and his uh, his uh, perspective on politics, uh, just his idea of um, the democracy and everything going on with that. Um, he's Meucci is also a Freemason, um, so he definitely wasn't very popular in the eyes of the government. Yeah. Mm. Um, wow. And what? Are, who are, who are the Freemasons again, Sam? The Freemasons are. A secret society that everyone knows about. <laughs> That's like the best description I've ever heard. Of. <laughs> no, but basically, it's like a I don't know. They have all these kind of secret rituals, and um, their whole their whole thing is secrecy and um, kind of community in that sense. Uh, I don't know more details about it. They're kind of like the Illuminati, but le- a little <laughs> less Cons- cool. Conspir- yeah. <laughs> less conspiratorial, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he was a Freemason. But anyway, he so he moves to New York, uh, despite the fact that he really he barely has any English at this point. Um, but after moving to New York, the first one of the first things he does is he begins of all things, a candle company. Oh, Ooh. Is it Serenity by, by Antonio? <laughs> Serenity. 
I can imagine the commercial now. That's hilarious. Um, it's like one of his senses, at the Italian firework. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, the zippity zap. <laughs> the plank over the outhouse. <laughs> smells like Freemasonry. <laughs> the smells um, of the Freemasons. That's funny. <laughs> it's like awful. Oh my gosh. We, we just came up with a whole new line. It just smells like nothing because it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> wow. One thing about this candle company that's actually uh, pretty interesting is he he decided to make this candle company and the candle factory with it because he he's invented the first smokeless candle in America. No oh. way. Yeah. So are you, am I going to learn right now that like all of our candles are currently smokeless and we just take it for granted? that he also invented this or is that just like was that just yeah, a, this this guy is just inventing things left and right wow seriously no i this is what's amazing to me is that this guy um like we don't know about him and yet he's behind a lot of different things uh, it, it gets even crazier in that um in the next few seconds as well because with this um this candle company one of the people that he hired uh was a man named uh, Giuseppe Garibaldi. And I don't know, have you guys ever heard of that name before at all? I don't think I have, no. Oh, yeah. It's or Garibaldi. Close to the I'm not sure. of, of Gibraltar or whatever. But. Gibraltar. <laughs> close enough. Um, so this guy, uh, Garibaldi, he is known for being one of the most important figures in reunifying Italy. Um. Oh. Like, if you look in the history books of, like, how Italy became reunified, uh, he is considered, like, the founding father. Interesting. So he's like the um, George Washington of modern Italy. Is that kind of what you Actually, saying? yes, because he was he's considered also, like, one of the most important generals of, like, the 19th century. Okay, um, cool. Especially in wow. Italian history. Like, this guy is a big deal. So um, he hired isn't, him. Isn't there, isn't there chocolate after that guy? What? <laughs> oh, no, wait, that's... That's Ghirardelli. <laughs> Never mind. I, I appreciate that you were trying to make a joke, Daniel, but we were all too dumb to get it. <laughs> oh, man. So he hires this man. Wait, so he hires Garibaldi? Yes. Um, they were living in the States at the same time, both living on Staten Island, uh, which is in New York. Uh, and... He hires him and he starts like partnering with him with uh, reunification, like promotions and recruitment and things like that uh, in New York. So when Meucci goes to the States, he, he arrives in the States fairly wealthy um, just because of the opera industry that he was working in. Um, but as he gets to the States, he starts to give a lot of his money to Italian refugees uh, who had migrated to the States. And then he also starts to give a lot of money to uh, Garibaldi and his campaign and his followers as well. Wow. Uh, just to promote what they're doing. So he almost was like a patron or a benefactor to his people in a way. Yes, very much so, um, especially at this point. But yeah, to kind of sum that up, he he really, this is where his political side is. Uh, he starts to invest a lot of money into that. Um but to go back to the telephone, uh, back to the kind of main invention that he's known for, if he's known for anything, really. Um, so while while he's going, all this is going on, he's working in the candle factory, um, supporting the campaign. 
1854, his wife became really sick uh, with rheumatoid arthritis. And mm-hmm. basically, um, he or she was com- confined to her bed from, basically for the rest of her life. Like she couldn't move out of her room at all. Uh, so in 1856, uh, he develops uh, what is called the teletrofono, uh, which is basically a telephone prototype. And the reason he does this, this is so, in, this is amazing to me. The reason he does this is or, in order to communicate uh, with his wife while he's in other parts of the house. Wow. Wow. Oh. So do you know how similar this prototype was to a telephone in the sense that we think of it, or maybe the sense that, you know, Alexander Graham Bell developed? Well, at this point, it would have been really basic. Um over the next like 15 years, he he makes over 30 prototypes. So I'm assuming at each point he's kind of improving off the the previous one. Um, but basically, it would have been something really really simple. Yeah. So it's not just like a um, telegraph or anything, right? It would transfer his actual voice. Yes, he could actually project his voice in another room through uh, basically wiring and electromagnetism and things like that. Wow. Yeah. To give you a picture of it, he would be like working maybe like on the first floor in his laboratory uh, and his wife would be up maybe on the second or third floor uh, and he would just go over, over to a little station and just start speaking into this uh, this prototype and she could hear him and uh, I believe she could respond to him. But yeah, my the details on the prototypes is really kind of uh, iffy. We don't, we don't have too much information on what the prototypes look like. But the funny thing is, I told my I told my wife about this guy in Meiuchi and the reason he he made this telephone and her first response her reaction was well would you make a telephone for me if I was in a bed <laughs> Ooh <laughs> This is where marriage is <laughs> tested my friends <laughs> Sam that's what that that's when you say no sweetie I would just come into the room and talk to you in person I love you <laughs> so much <laughs> <laughs> This guy this guy made a telephone just so he could stay away from stay his away wife. from his wife <laughs> <laughs> um, but I told her I was not nearly as smart as this guy uh, to be able to make that. Yeah, that, um, that works too. Yeah, that works too. <laughs> so at this point, um, like I said, over the next 15 years, he makes like over 30 prototypes uh, of, this, of, of this telephone. Um, unfortunately, though, this is where things start to go downhill for Meiuchi. And this is, this is where things are going to get a little sad. Because by the early 1870s, so he's been in the in the states for probably about 15, 20 years now. Uh, but in the 1870s, uh, early 1870s, his candle factory went bankrupt. Oh, uh, no. I guess that Liberty candle s- smell wasn't you know, <laughs> pulling too well. <laughs> yes, it, it wasn't working out. Was it bought out and renamed Yankee Candle? <laughs> and because that's it, how we have. If so, it's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. how many different things um, in the modern day can we connect back to Meiuchi? Like how many? Right. Yeah. All of them. Um, so it went bankrupt. Um, and so what he decides to do is he decides uh, that this telephone business uh, could, it has a lot of potential. So he tries to to find people to support this uh, this business, but he's not he's not able to get anybody behind it. Um, part of it was the financial situation of the previous one. Another thing was um, in 1871, he he was in a ferry accident and he got like burns all over his body. 
um, nearly killed him. Uh, And so financially, like he lost a ton of money trying to recover from that. Uh, So he himself was about to go bankrupt at that point, too. So it honestly was due to these circumstances then that he was never able to capitalize on his telephone. Yes, this is um, this is the start, at least. Uh, Mm. But it it gets much worse because (laughs) because in order um, for uh, Meucci to not be in bank, like to not go bankrupt, uh, his wife uh, sold his prototypes to a pawn shop. Oh. Oh, no. Wow. And so he realizes what's going on. And so he um, when he realizes that he immediately goes to the pawn shop and tries to retrieve uh, the the prototypes and the notes that he had made on this over the past, like, however many years, 15, 20 years. Uh, and he goes to get them and he finds out they've already been resold oh, to oh. Alexander Graham. Bell. <laughs> oh, oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is tragic. Yeah, that, that is. That is really sad. That's like it a, is so tragic. It's like a tragedy in a movie. Like, oh, just painful. Yeah. But I mean, like, what do you even do at that point? Like, if you see like your life's or at least your past 15 years work is just been sold away, like what on earth would you do? Well, probably improve his communication skills with his wife. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly the telephone wasn't enough. I think if he thought like telephone was compensating for him actually having to talk with her, you know, like, <laughs> or maybe she felt like he wasn't doing it enough. So she's like, no, nah, I'm done with this thing. This is going yeah. out. Yeah, that, that sucks yeah. though. It's like all those years and nothing to show for it. Cause he didn't even like make, um, Assuming like a single dime off of it because it's all just, you know, still yeah, and he works. couldn't get any backers for his business. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, no. Um, actually, so he did at one point uh, in uh, 1871, he did get uh, three other Italian friends of his um, to to back him uh, a little bit. Oh, in in like the the lowest amount of backing a person can do. Um, but with the three other Italians. They made it the Teletrofono Company, and they told they told Meucci that he should patent the idea of the telephone. Um, but at that point, he didn't have enough money to make a, a full patent um, because oh. it cost about two hundred fifty dollars at the time. Uh, wow. So instead, what they decided to do is they s- decided to submit a, a patent caveat, uh, and a, a patent caveat it was basically like. A reservation in a sense of a, of a patent like like patent pending kind of thing yes exactly that's it um so it, yeah it's like i intend to make this but uh, i don't have the funds yet so the issue with caveats though was they had to be renewed every year um and it cost money about 20 dollars every year to keep holding on to the patent caveat so and then to make it even worse uh when he submitted this caveat um Meucci didn't speak English well at all at that point, even though he'd been in the States for uh, for long enough. He didn't speak English well enough to make a good caveat. Uh, so even though he submitted it, it doesn't have like a good description of the, the telephone. It doesn't even mention like the electricity, the electromagnetism. Um, it's just very basic. So like when legal issues would come up later, oh, no. that was a, a major downside. Wow. It just felt like he he had so many things lined up against him in this whole scenario. Really? He really did. Like, as I was reading this, it was just like one thing after another. And then to kind of 
to cap it off, within a year, his company dissolved. They lost uh, the funding, and he lost funding for his caveat, so he had to take it back. So he no longer had anything on that, uh, like no caveat, no patent at all. Uh, he approached uh, what is what is called the Western Union Telegraph Company. He he went to them for financing, um, but basically because he had lost all of his work to the pawn shop, he he didn't have anything to show them, like no notes or papers or anything. Um, and so as a result, the company the company said no thanks. Oh, so I have a question, Samuel. Yeah. Do you know where that telephone prototype ended up? from the pawn shop? Well, I couldn't say for sure, but I will say this. Two years later, this is 1876 at this point, guess who shows up on the scene? Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> there you go. All right, now guess who, guess who he was financed by? Don't tell me it was that that uh, Italian guy. Uh, Giribaldi. Giribaldi. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be full circle, man. <laughs> no. He was, he was financed by the Western Union Telegraph Company. Oh, boy. How yeah. dare they? Wow. Hold on. What's, what's the significance? I'm not... No, because... <laughs> Daniel, because... <laughs> because uh, Antonio Meucci tried to get them to fund him, and they said no. All oh, right, right. We just, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. They said no. Just, mm. But here's the last one. Guess what the invention looks like? The telefono. Exactly. Oh. Wow. Guess what it shared similarities with? The telefono. Wait, you're saying you're yeah. saying it shared similarities with the one that he that was sold to the pawn shop? Yeah, basically the prototypes that um, Meucci had been making. Interesting. Oh my goodness, I'm about to flip some tables or something. <laughs> Johnny, you sounded anything but that. <laughs> I am about to flip some tables right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you and Meucci both, because when he sees that, he he goes up to. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell, and he's like, I'm going to sue you. And then Bell isn't going to have any of that. So Bell says, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> no, you. No, you. So for the next 10 years, the lawsuit works its way all the way up to the Supreme Court. Really? Wait. So yeah. wait, what is Alexander Graham Bell sues Meucci? Well, why? For what? Basically, it's a counter lawsuit of saying like, no, I didn't steal your invention. Oh, like... I'm suing you for unlawful suing of me. <laughs> I guess I don't think so. that's how the government Maybe works. like, you know, how, you know how people sue for, what's the word? Defamation, Defamation or, or uh, yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Maybe. So kind of like a, like your suing has wrecked my, I don't know, yeah. career or something. I don't know, maybe. But basically, I mean, now one thing to note, like Meiichi wasn't the only person to sue Bell. Like Bell was su sued by everyone. Like there are several other people who say that Bell stole his their ideas. Was it about the telephone? They all sued him about the telephone, though. Yes, about the telephone. Interesting. So we'll do unsung hero episodes about each one of them. <laughs> exactly. We have to give justice to each one. Just completely rebrand to unsung actual telephone creators. Unsung telephonos. <laughs> oh, unsung telephonos. <laughs> um, but uh, this is the biggest one. This is the one that kind of like when people are looking back in history, uh, this is the one that uh, kind of mattered the most, it seems. Um, 
And it, it even gets to the point where it looks like Meiji is going to win the case at some point. Like the tide was turning for him. Uh, but then 1889 struck and he dies. Oh, oh no. Oh. Wow. And the crazy thing about this is it still takes about 10 years until the, the case is finally closed. And the worst part is it's closed undecided. Like they just wow. They just close the case. They don't say they don't say anything about it. They're just like, we're gonna close this. We're not gonna tie up loose ends. Um and so Man. probably like uh eighteen ninety seven, I believe, uh that's when they just decide, all right, we're gonna we're gonna drop this. So how did how did he die, Sam? Uh you know, I think he'd been battling health uh issues. Um it was I'm not sure exactly how he died, but it was like natural causes. Oh yeah. Um and it was over the course of several months. How how old was he at this point? Uh, he would have been uh, mental math. Let's see. He was born in 1808, so he would have been 81, right? He would have been uh, 81. No. Wait, yeah, 81. Yes. 81. No, 71. Man. 81? 71. No, no 18, 1808 he was born. 81 <laughs> years later would have been 1889. Yeah, so it okay. would have been 81. Okay, we'll stick with that. <laughs> um, but basically, like, his the end of his life, he... He dies and he's left with absolutely nothing. Like he doesn't get the recognition. He doesn't get uh, the wealth. Um, he he just dies and he's kind of forgotten about. Man, so did he have any kids? Uh, you know, I I did not see uh, in the research. I didn't see whether or not he had kids. Um, but his mm. story did continue, uh, and it continued. Like people kept telling about uh, Meiyuchi and uh, kind of bringing it back up uh and in 2002 uh this is kind of to to cap it off uh the house of representatives in the in the u.s they published this resolution about meiuchi they say i'm reading a quote here it says the life and achievements of antonio meiuchi should be recognized and his work in the invention of the telephone should be acknowledged Whoa. I guess we're a part of that process, boys. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so I'm just following as a good citizen in the House of Representatives in their in their command. So people still don't really know about him. Yeah, I mean, people still say Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. Yeah, I mean, I, I've yeah. never heard of his name once. That's incredible. Yeah, that's really cool. Sam. Yeah, it's mm. it's a wild story. I'd never even heard of his name until like fairly recently. Um, yeah. And now, like, I feel like I'll have to be that one annoying guy at parties who says, actually, Meiuchi <laughs> is the one. Pushes up glasses. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, well, why don't we all together be that annoying person at parties until everybody uh, is the annoying person at parties and then no one's the annoying person at parties. Ah, uh, yeah. Because they'll all know. Because you know. we won't go to party. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, well, that's that's really cool, though. Yeah, uh, thanks so much, uh, Sam. That was such a such yeah, a great thank episode. You, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Now we can have something to rant about, you know. Yeah, that's there true. you go. Yeah. I, it's it's insane. Like I feel like all these unsung heroes are super cool people, and we think, how did we not hear about them? But especially when it's some someone who's invented something that you know has been so pivotal in technology. It's yeah. crazy that their name is just not really known. That's true. You know, there's a lot of things I think. 
Like some people are vain for naming their inventions after themselves. But then I'm also like, yeah, but that's also kind of like how we remember them. Like the mason jar, right? Like, right. Yeah. It's named after the guy who invented it. Yeah. Or like, or like Apple, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after Tim Apple. <laughs> Tim Apple. <laughs> Tim Apple. <laughs> Oof. Oh. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you, you know what I mean there. Yeah. 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 But just to think about it, like, I don't know. I don't want to get too speculative, but Bell had so much going for him. Like, in terms of recognition, he got so much money from this telephone. Um, Hmm. patent which uh, there's a lot of controversy some people still say that he uh, invented it and uh, these guys just kind of did it individually um it it's a very comp it's like it's not as easy to say it's meiuchi and not bell it's obviously history is more complicated than that hmm. but you really can make a case for saying meiuchi is the original creator of the telephone wow so. yeah i mean it's it's uh, you know it's hard to look back and say this person over that person invented it first or better, or this person stole that person's idea. You know, it's it's possible yeah. that they did independently do these things. But well, that's really cool, Sam. Thanks so much for uh, for doing that research there and bringing to light this uh, yeah. yeah amazing guy. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah well, uh, yeah, James and I are going to start writing a song about him, so that'll be good. Ho- Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be very angst, very angsty song. Very well, angsty. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should go screamo, kind of mm, like. I get don't the- think we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that song. That should play right after this. So uh, also uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, uh, Unsung Heroes Podcast, and we have a Facebook page as well. You can go ahead and uh, head over there. And uh, thanks, guys, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. As time goes on, his triumph is spoken. Few will know the truth of yours. Such your future across the sea. Work backstage to start again. One day, voice came through copper wire Your spirit set on fire, but not in time If only, you put it back in time After everything you tried, still not right Find and ill, she's not alone But your love can speak through walls File your patent, but no one bought in Your work on hold, and money's bent Copper wire, your spirit set on fire, but not in time. If only you put 
it back in time After everything you tried Still not right